We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? What's up? Welcome to the future award-winning Talk About Flow podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can follow me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. If you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and do that right now. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform that you enjoy listening to podcasts on. We got new episodes every Tuesday and every Friday, and also random bonus episodes scattered throughout the month. I never know when I'm going to drop them. I just do. And when you're subscribed, new episodes will get sent directly to your phone or whatever device that you listen to podcasts on quite literally as soon as they are published. By the way, I hope you had a good weekend and a happy Dingus Day on Monday if you celebrated. Of course, if you're in Buffalo, that's a very big thing, even with COVID, I'm sure. But if you're not in Buffalo, and I've learned this over the last handful of years or so being down here in Florida, if you're not in Buffalo and you bring up Dingus Day, people look at you dumbfounded. Talked to a couple of people on Monday morning. I live in a complex, a pretty busy one, and I have a handful of people that I have conversations with. And I bring up Dingus Day, and they looked at me like I was uh, crazy. They didn't never even heard of it. Anyway, if you celebrated, hope you had a good one. Uh, a couple things here real quick. Got a couple more days left of our free pizza and wings contest giveaway. That comes courtesy of our friends at Macy's Place Pizzeria. That's still going on over on my Twitter right now. And of course, that's a contest for subscribers only. If you are subscribed, all you got to do is go to my Twitter page. Again, that's at Pat Moran Tweets. And right at the very top of my page, there is a tweet pinned. Again, right at the very top. All you got to do is retweet it out. 
And you also got to reply with a screenshot to prove that you indeed are subscribed to the podcast. And that's it. We're going to draw a winner at the end of this week. And stay subscribed because I'm going to have a bunch of other giveaways coming very soon. As for today's show, I'm going to be joined in just a couple minutes by very popular YouTube content creator and a Buffalo Sabres super fan. One of the biggest ones I've ever met in my life, Melody Martin. And Melody was one of roughly, I think it was like around 1,900 fans that were in the crowd live this past Saturday at Key Bank Center when the Sabres were able to welcome back a limited number of fans for the first time in well over a year now. I think it's been like 13 months since fans have gotten a chance to attend a Sabres game. And I'll tell you what, it was a great game. The Sabres beat the Rangers in overtime. They got themselves a a nice little point treat going right now. Four games in counting. So I talked to Melody about what that game night experience was like with all the protocols and scattered fans throughout the arena and that entire experience. I'm very interested in hearing about that. Uh, We'll spend some time talking about the team, which... I mean, hey, at least they're giving us some hope right now that maybe the the worst is behind us because, I mean, it was really ugly for a long stretch of this season. And we also talk about a YouTube channel, which, man, that just continues to blow up and get bigger. So Melody puts out, like, reaction videos to games and routinely they get, like, 25, 35,000 views per video. And, of course, she is a very, very talented singer. She's put out a handful of entertaining and and funny uh, Sabre parody songs, and they've done very well. She's um, covered Adele, Taylor Swift, some funny stuff. And one of them, though, and this is her most recent one, not funny. It wasn't meant to be funny. It's a cover of a song called Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And it's actually, it's actually emotional. You could tell the Sabres plummeting again this season. It really got Melody all up in her feelings. You can hear it in the song. Matter of fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play that cover right now from Melody in full, in its entirety. I want you guys to check it out if you haven't already. And then on the other side of that, I'm going to chat with Melody about, about her music. And of course, the Sabres, her favorite hockey team. So here we go. We'll do that. Here's her version of Driver's License, followed by my chat with Melody Martin. the Sabres last week cause I can't stand what they've become they're not the team that I grew up with the team I loved when I was young but today I drove through the city dreaming about what we used to be cause I've been thinking lately about the conference finals days Seems so long ago now And all of those memories start to fade Yeah, today I drove through the city Cause how could I ever love someone else? existed to win a Stanley Cup. 
existed to win a Stanley Cup. Today, the Buffalo Sabres' reason for existence will be to win a Stanley Cup. All right, I am joined right now by Buffalo Sabres super fan and YouTube content creator, one of my favorites, who, by the way, built a really good channel. We're going to talk about that, too. Melody Martin. How you doing, Melody? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and... The Buffalo Sabres are doing better, and I know that's music to your ears because uh, I've <laughs> sure noticed is. your frustration level. Because I follow your YouTube channel, and uh, your frustration level over these last couple months really kind of hit its peak. I was like, whoa, because you're a positive person, but straight up, you're getting pissed off at how this team was playing. Um, it's been quite the, uh, the season. So anyway, people out there listening, if, if you haven't, seen the channel or, or know about it. Melody's got her own YouTube channel. It's up to, I was just looking at the numbers now, almost 22,000 subscribers. Let's start here. And again, we'll talk some Buffalo Sabres. And also, Melody went to the Sabres game on Saturday night. It was the first time fans, of course, were allowed in the arena. I want to get her perspective on that. Let's actually spend a few minutes here talking about your YouTube channel. Talk about the process of growing that channel because at this point, you're putting out Saber reaction videos from games and you're typically getting like 25 to 35,000 views per video, man. Those, those are really good numbers. Talk about the process of kind of building that yeah. channel because there's a lot of people out there who spend a lot of time content creating and they don't get those kind of results. So kind of talk about that process a little bit. Yeah, it, it's so funny, like, especially the last few videos. Um, I think the Sabres being on this, like, historic losing streak definitely kind of helped that because I think it made more people actually pay attention to the Sabres than would normally, I guess. Sure. Um, and I guess people seeking out my opinion. But it, it's just so funny because YouTube is, it's so hard. Like, I mean, starting from, I started two years ago and I think, um, you know, I, I think it took me, like, almost over a year to even get to a thousand subscribers, um, which would enable monetization, and all that stuff. Um, so that, that took a long time and, um, 
Yeah, it's so it's sometimes it's just really tough to figure out what people are interested in, what people aren't interested in. Um, and there's a lot of experimenting you got to do with it. But um, yeah, with the Sabres kind of being in the news, like when they, you know, signed Taylor Hall, that was kind of big news. You know, they lose 18 in a row. That's big news. So I think it's it's, you know, kind of jumping on the news bandwagon a little bit. That kind of. Was there one particular video out there for you that kind of really propelled the growth? Because, I mean, you just kind of spoke on it. You had your channel for quite a while and you struggled to even get to a thousand. And then it feels like to, the, to an outsider like myself who didn't like follow the entire journey. It's like I blink my eyes and you go from a thousand to 10,000 and then 10,000 to 20,000. But of course, it didn't play like that. It took a lot of time and a lot of work and a, and a lot of patience, I'm sure. But like, were there, was there one specific video that you can remember that really kind of jump-started the, the ascension into getting that many subscribers? Or was it kind of just a combination of a lot of them? No, there was one video in particular that it, it's so funny, too, because I had just put out the the song, the Taylor Swift song, like, we're never getting back to the playoffs. And normally I don't pay too much attention to my comment section, but that was around the time where, like, all those Jack Eichel trade rumors kind of started. Um, and... Like there were these Rangers fans that were just annoying the crap out of me in my comment section saying, oh, you know, it's only a matter of time. Jack Eichel's getting traded. Here's a second line player, um, a B-level prospect, a first and a second. That's probably what you're going to get. Um, can't wait till that happens. And I, it drove me nuts. Like around that time, there was just so much Jack Eichel talk. And I didn't even want to hear it. So kind of as a joke, as kind of like a response to that, I asked my viewers to send me in their best like Jack Eichel trade offers. And I wanted to see like, you know, how close my idea of a good Jack Eichel trade would be to non-Sabres fans. And for some reason, that video, like, totally blew up more than any, really, many of the other videos I put on my channel. And I, like, I was getting subs like crazy. And I was like, really, this one? This was, like, me making fun of a few Rangers fans in my comments section. And that's, so that, but that was kind of, because at the time, I was really only trying to be, like, a music YouTuber. Like, I wasn't actually trying to be a hockey YouTuber. Right. And then I, I saw how interested people were in listening to me talk about hockey and the Sabres, I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe I might have to switch things up a little bit. So then I, <laughs> I switched it up and I haven't looked back since. Well, you're known for putting out some really funny parodies, cover songs. Um, you mentioned one of them you've done, and I'm looking right now at just a couple of the lists that I wrote down. Darlene, which of course is the, uh, the take on Jolene, the Dolly, a Dolly Parton parody. That was awesome. You mentioned the Taylor Swift one. Um, you did Hello by Adele. You covered that. Keep on loving you by Ariel Speedwagon. That was a really good one. I, that might have even been that might have been when I first discovered you on YouTube. By the way, that video I looked it up has over ninety five thousand views right now. On uh, the Jason Botcher one was really good too. Like um, it was like here, hey there, Delilah. Right? You did that yeah. one. Yeah. But I want to talk about your latest one because this one to me is different. And by the way, unbeknownst to you. So I pre-taped the intro and, you know, talked about some of the things we'd be talking about, but I also played the audio version of that for some people who didn't hear that. So people who are listening to this right now, they heard the song shortly before I had you on. But anyway, it's Driver's License and Olivia Rodrigo parody. I don't like calling it a parody though, because no. unlike these other ones that were kind of like fun and a little bit in jest, little tongue-in-cheek humor, this one, I, I kind of felt like, like your legit emotion in it. Like this is a Sabre, obviously a talented musician first and foremost, but also a very frustrated Sabres fan who I feel like has been pushed to her limits, like almost over the edge a little bit. Talk about the process 
of coming up with the lyrics for that song and putting it together. Because again, unlike the other ones, which were more on the fun side, this one felt like a little bit more of a, a serious take on things with this organization. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I didn't even want to put the, the word parody in it, but I don't really know another word to, you know, I don't think there's really many words to talk about rewriting songs, I guess, cover. But right. um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't fun to write. It was sad. It was frustrating. Um, you know, I, I think I started that kind of in the like not super long into the um, lo- the long losing streak. And, um, you know, I was like, hope- I was hoping I was like, maybe maybe something will change. Maybe, you know, the mood will change where this won't be really that relevant or I won't feel like posting it because I, I wasn't in the mood to post it. But I was just like, I feel like I have to because I'm not even trying to be funny right now. I'm just sad. And I want to talk about how sad I am. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, like, I feel like this year specifically with obviously the pandemic and everything like there, there isn't a ton to look forward to. And the Sabres being, you know, my favorite thing in the world to, to see them this bad and playing that uninspired. Um, that just really like it hurt. It hurt pretty bad. So I wanted to kind of like still sing about it because that's kind of my thing. But also I, I kind of wanted to be a little bit more real um, instead of kind of making jokes about it. So, yeah. Did you ever did. come close at any point during the frustration of this season? Because I feel like this has been like the culmination of, I mean, it's been a long time since the Sabres have been good, let alone relevant. And I feel like for some people, this was the boiling point this year, maybe because of expectation trading for Taylor Hall. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like people thought this team would at the very least be competitive and that really hasn't happened this year for a variety of reasons. Have you come close or did you come close at any point to kind of divorcing yourself from this team? Now I know probably not as frustrated. I'm sure you're very frustrated. Obviously you can, again, you can hear it in the song and a lot of your videos, but I know of some, at least some fans who have just said, you know what? I'm done with this team, man. I'm wiping my hands clean with them and, and I'm finished. Have you, did you ever, I know you didn't get yourself to that point. So that's a dumb question, but did you, <laughs> did, it, did it ever cross your mind a little bit? Like, did you flirt with saying, you know what? I put in a lot more to this team. I invest a lot more in this team than they get back to me. And, and I'm almost done with them. You get close to that point at least. Well, I mean, I feel like, yeah. Um, like there were a ton of games that I, this year that I just didn't even watch. Like I, or maybe I would watch like the first or second period. Just like, eh, I'm sure it'll end the same way it's going right now. So I don't need to finish this game. Um, like my interest definitely has not been there um, in this team, but I like I've been telling people because I I'm coming out with a new video um, in a couple of days where I ask my viewers to send me in reasons why I should leave the Sabers and join their fandom just as a joke. Um, but it's like I'm telling people like they asked me why I haven't quit the Sabers yet. I was like I don't know how to, how am I supposed to? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like what am I just gonna not watch Sabers games? I've been doing it for 26 years. Like what are you talking about? Right? Yeah. It's like I can't quit you. I want to quit you, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know how, do you remember a point during the season where it kind of rock bottom for, you know, I've talked about this on my show. I remember for me now, again, I'm down here in Florida and winters are, uh, they're, well, they're nicer than Buffalo in terms of weather. All right. Now I'm a big Buffalo guy. I love, bu- there's nothing better than Buffalo summers, but Buffalo during the winter could be a bit of a grind. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Florida, it is. the weather's much nicer. I recall a specific weekend. I don't remember like the date. But I do remember the Sabres were playing back-to-back games against Philly. And it, they were both Saturday, Sunday afternoon games. And there's a lot of things going on down here, whether you want to go fishing or just on the water, take a cruise. Do, there's so many fun things to do. And I remember specifically saying, you know what, I'm going to watch the Sabres this weekend. So I watched three hours on Saturday, three hours on Sunday, both against Philly. 
They didn't score one goal. They got shut out both games. And beyond the score, Melody, I mean, I'm sure you remember, they just looked completely lifeless. Like there was no fight in them. There was no determination. It was almost, I'm not saying they mailed it in, but they looked disinterested at times, at least anyway. And I remember saying, you know what? This is as bad as I could ever remember the Sabres looking. And, and again, going back, what, 10 years now, no playoffs. I don't think I ever remember it being as bad as it was, even in the tank years, as it was that weekend. Like, were there a couple games specifically where you said to yourself, God, man, I can't believe I put so much into this team, man. I just, I can't do it anymore. You know, well, like, was there a game or two for you where you kind of felt that way? Yeah, definitely that weekend was a bad one. Um, I was, I was just so furious after those two games. And I, the game before that, I'm pretty sure around that time was the game where they were playing the Islanders and they were down by two in the third and got zero shots on goal in the third period. Yeah. And I was like, how, how is that possible? Like, I know the Islanders play a good defensive game, but how, not a single. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed shot in 20 minutes like are you kidding me and then I'm like okay well this is rock bottom no wait this is rock bottom and then it just like things just keep getting worse and worse and yeah I mean but like you said though it's the lifelessness like I I can accept losing to a point I mean we've been doing it for 10 years if it looked like they were trying and just not talented enough like if they were hitting guys if they were moving their feet but to to, just to see them just kind of like going for a Sunday skate every well I mean they've been playing better lately but just I can't handle the lack of effort. And that's kind of what drove me nuts is I, I just can't handle no no passion. Like we're such a passionate, you know, city fan base. Like show show that a little bit. And they they just weren't. That's what kind of pushed me to my my point. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So one of the few reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast today was you were one of the close to 1,900 people that actually were in attendance on Saturday night when the Sabres finally were able to allow, I think it was 10% capacity for a game. Now, I had reached out to you. This originally was supposed to be on March 20th, but that mm-hmm. got canceled because of COVID protocols. I had reached out to you. I said, after the game, I wanted to get your perspective on everything because it's something that I'm uh, very interested in knowing about because I can only imagine it'd be a little bit weird 
coming back in and that situation like kind of talk about that game day experience on Saturday I'm gonna you know let me ask you some questions so we fans could get more inside like for starters like um what was the protocol going into the game like you had to get a did you had to give a COVID test before that or like it was like 72 hours or something like what was that process like being able to go to the game itself yeah well for the first one um I like we had to get a COVID test 72 hours beforehand um, that we knew was going to be non-refundable if if the game got canceled. And it did. Um, and, and it did. <laughs> yeah. But then the second one, they introduced um, a vaccination exemption. So if you were fully vaccinated, you didn't you could bypass the test. Um, and I've been fully vaccinated for about a month now. So it that was nice to just have you just flash your card and you can go in. Um, and it was a lot less painful <laughs> than having to. you have this app you have to do and you have to show your proof of vaccination and or proof of uh your negative COVID test. And that was just, it just seemed like an, an annoying process. Oh, so you had that, um, you have to get an app and you have to prove that you were fully vaccinated if you didn't, you know, to exempt you from having a COVID test. Yep. You had to fill out all this stuff. It was annoying, but I mean, I get it that they have their, they want to keep people safe. They want, they have their protocols, but it, I mean, to finally getting vaccinated and have being able to show that was a lot easier. So then we, we get in and like, honestly, like, I know they they opened it up to 1900 people. If there were th- over 300 people, I would have been shocked. Like I don't I have no clue. Like it was hard to tell how many people were there cuz there were so many cardboard cutouts, but if I truly wanted to, I probably could have counted how many people were there. You it were was, one of the cardboard cutouts by the way. I saw that picture that I you put on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Now you went with a couple people as well, right? Yep, I went with my mom, my cousin. Okay. Like so you you get to the gate. Like when you got to the gate, I should say you said there's not, it didn't feel like there were a lot of people there, but was it kind of awkward and confusing at all for maybe not so much for yourself, but other people like not knowing exactly what we're supposed to be doing here? Like, what was it like the process of when you got to the arena, being able to get inside the, uh, you know, past the gate into the actual arena itself? Yeah, it wasn't so bad. Like they had a lot of people there um, who like it, once you got past the weird, like, quest checkpoint it, it was basically just like a normal favors game you go through the metal detectors and then you get your ticket scanned and then you just go in um so it, that, that part wasn't too bad and then you know <laughs> like I, i'm gonna make a youtube video i filmed my whole experience i'm gonna make a youtube video about it but we were walking through empty hallways the entire time like there was nobody there it was the craziest weirdest thing i've ever experienced yeah i i can only imagine and that's the thing that really that fascinates me are you surprised that considering the fact that they only put 1,900 seats for sale, which that wasn't their decision, that's the rule, that's what they were allowed to do right now at this present time anyway, it was surprising to me that because season ticket holders got first dibs. And I remember, and again, this is going to back to the March 20th game, they only sold a handful of hundred seats and then they put the rest of the seats out to the public and they couldn't sell those out, man. There were still... I remember the week of that game, there were still like 500 tickets available for purchase, which t- to this day, I still think that has at least something to do with the decision to finally pull the trigger and fire Ralph Kruger because, I mean, that was just completely embarrassing, Melody, to not even be able to sell out 1,900 seats when, you know, you haven't had a home game where fans like yourself have been in the arena for, what, 12, 12 and a half months. It's just, it blew my mind. Now, only... A couple hundred people, like you said, there was 1,900, even if it only felt like 300. Did it get loud at times? Like, what was the actual game like for you? Was it really weird? Now, you're a hockey fan. You're more than just a Sabres fan. You're 
you're a hockey girl, man. You play hockey. You're a big hockey fan. You've probably yeah. watched like high school hockey or rec league hockey where there's a smattering of fans watching in the, in the stands. Did it kind of feel like that? Was it really weird to you that these are some of the best players on the face of this earth? But it kind of was like, you know, you could hear the people. Could you hear people talking around you at all or anything like that? No, like I'm telling you, it was the funniest thing. So first off, they, um, when we got in and they were said, all right, everyone, welcome to the ice, your Buffalo Sabres or whatever. And they announced the starting lineups and everything. Um, they pumped in like this really obnoxious fake crowd noise. Yeah. And, and I was listening to, it, I was like, that's bad. That's horrible. And then throughout the entire game, they had it kind of just on, like it, it wasn't that, like cheering, but it, it was just kind of like almost like white noise. Almost like I, I made a joke that it just sounded like a broken air conditioner. Like it was just, <laughs> it was horrible. And then um, they would be like, you know, if the Sabres got a chance or something, you'd hear like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so they piped in a lot and did it kind of drown you guys out a little bit like the noise coming from the arena not really i mean like i like i said it was hard to tell how many people and i'm sure there's a number somewhere um it wouldn't shock me if more than 50 percent were rangers fans so like throughout the game you could hear very very quiet subtle let's go rangers chants um do players were, did, did the players notice like did the players notice people yelling i would think in a an arena with less people, if you're yelling something at a player, he's probably more likely to hear it because there's just not as many people. Did did it feel to you like players were taking notice of, of anything going on in the crowd or they just have it tuned out? I would imagine they had it tuned out because like other than a few Let's Go Rangers chants, like it's not like Sabres fan. Like I was probably the loudest Sabres fan there. I was yelling a little bit, but <laughs> um, I I doubt they could hear me and I, I doubt really anyone could hear anyone because it was just so quiet and weird. Did you forget about all that? Did you forget about the pandemic? Did you forget about the fact that this team right now, they, they well, for the most part, they stink. Did you, did you forget about there's only a, a smattering of fans in, inside the arena where you've watched so many games in front of Pat Krause? Did you temporarily forget about all that when Olofsson scored a goal with like four minutes left to tie the game? Because it looked like they were going to lose, but that was a big moment. I mean, that was pretty cool. I, I watched the game, obviously, on TV back here in Florida, and I got pretty excited. That was a pretty exciting moment for you, wasn't it? It was so funny because I, I was looking down at my phone just because I was I was filming a lot of stuff. So I was looking down at my phone for like a hot second. And then all of a sudden I hear the goal horn go off. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've been so paying attention to this whole game and I'm going to miss that. Well, also, you're um, admitting you missed the goal then. Why? I did, but I, I saw Casey Middlestad's goal and I like jumped out of my seat. And I was like screaming. And then I was like, <laughs> guys, we're a last place team. Why am I getting this excited to see a goal live? <laughs> On a whole, like when you take into account the entire experience, having to, to buy the ticket, having to, well, you would be getting fully vaccinated. I'm sure you didn't get fully vaccinated solely for the fact that you can go watch a Buffalo Sabres game in person. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. Of, but all the stuff that you had to go through, the protocols and, and the money it costs to go watch the team play and all that. At the end of the day, you feel like everything, the whole experience that it was worth it to you? Honestly, yeah. Like I, there were a lot of people giving me a hard time. Like a lot of people, um, not not who personally know me, but like, People, you know, like to say what they like to say on social media. They were being really nasty to me about the fact that I was like putting money in the Pagula's pockets and yeah, and so like I I get I get the frustration. I get that we're bad. It was worth every second, every penny. I had such a blast. It, like it was such a cool experience. Hopefully, a once in a lifetime experience. You know, like just to to see it in this kind of you know weird situation. It kind of felt like we were at a private hockey game. You know, like it was. I, like, honestly, I know the team's bad, but I would recommend it to any Sabres fan. Like, just just go enjoy it. You know, it's I had a, I had a great time. I had a lot of fun. So you would definitely do it again and you will do it again, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, cool. Sure. Before I let you go, let's spend a couple of minutes actually 
talking about the team itself, not just that game aside. And again, away from your YouTube reaction videos and stuff like that. I'm talking about the actual team itself. It feels to me like blaming the coach for everything, blaming Ralph Kruger for everything. It just feels like such a cop out, but it is undeniable right now how much better this team is playing since Ralph Kruger was fired. I mean, I don't even think you need to be an expert to, to really lock in and say, this just looks like a completely different hockey team. Do you think that just firing a head coach and, and making that change there could have that big of a trickle-down effect? Are you surprised at how different this roster is? Which, by the way, they've since then, they've lost Dylan Cousins to injury too, so they've already been without Eichel, and now they've been out without Dylan Cousins, who already was one of the few bright spots on this team for the season. Are you kind of pleasantly shocked that this team is playing as well? I mean, they got points in four straight games now, and they look competitive again, which is something we didn't see for quite a long time. Are you pretty surprised right now by how they're looking? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm i maybe not surprised, but, like, I'm kind of the, the person who doesn't like to put the blame on the coach. Um, he's not out there playing, so I, I blame the GM for bringing these guys in. I blame the players for not working as hard as they should. But it was getting to a certain point where it's like there's no way Rasmus Dahlin is this bad of a hockey player, a guy who just, like, a few years ago was touted as, like, a generational defenseman. There's no way that three years into his career he's just – you know, becoming this much of a liability. And then, you know, you're looking at like Jeff Skinner was a 40 goal scorer in his last in Phil Housley's last year. Kruger comes in and all of a sudden he forgets how to score goals in the NHL. Like, so the more I was thinking, like, this has to be the coach, this coach, like it has to be the problem because there's no way that every single player on this roster is regressing like this. It, it has to be his fault. So, you know, for them to eventually fire him and now to show improvement, I think that just kind of proves the point. It has to. It has to, and I don't want to subscribe to the theory that a head coach means that much because I agree with you. Generally speaking, the players are the ones going out there playing. The general manager is the one who, who puts the roster together. But you mentioned Darlene. He just looks completely different right now. It's like all of a sudden, like quite literally, he had like all the weight of the world seemed to fall off his shoulders and he's skating freer and he's playing much better. Not just him. Yoki Haru Looked horrible yeah. this year, and I thought he looked really good last year. He clearly regressed, but them two together have looked really good over the last couple weeks. Casey Middlestat, I'm not going to get to a point where I was ready to say he's a bust, but we were certainly flirted with that, where Definitely. this is going to be a guy who is not really ever going to make an impact on this team. At least some people were feeling that way, myself included. He looks like a completely different player right now. He looks like a guy who might become a legitimate, maybe even top six forward, Worst case, a really good third-line player, which is, you know, you need depth across the board. This is something this team's lacked for a long time. But he looks good. Uh, Tage Thompson looks at least serviceable. He's yeah. certainly playing better. So it's good to see these young people playing better. And I think the other thing, too, is the head coach. Talk about the goaltending, man, because Olmark, I didn't think that much of him until he got hurt. Now that I've yeah. seen Hutton... And Johansson and whoever the hell else has been playing net for the Sabres this year when Olmark's not behind the pipes. Oh, my God, what a difference. I think I think Olmark's actually made money right now because he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. I think he's made some pretty good bank just by getting hurt and seeing how bad these other goaltenders are. Now, that's something where I think you put that on Kevin Adams because he should have done something about that. Maybe this team, I mean, there weren't going to be a playoff team. But they wouldn't be where they're at right now, perhaps, if they would have had a better plan B for goaltender after Landis Allmark. You know what I mean? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, like I, I was always like a huge Olmark supporter fan. Like I would always vouch for him. Um, a lot of people were going into the season saying that the Sabres drastically needed to improve their goaltending situation. And I, I agreed, you know, with maybe the thought that you needed to get someone other than Carter Hutton. But I was like, no, nah, I love Linus. I love this guy. I think, you know, I think he's been playing on bad teams, but I think he's a perfectly capable number one goaltender. And people were giving me a hard time about that. But I I mean, I, I just think you look at, like you said, how bad we were without him and now how suddenly we're competitive with him in the net. And it's it's yeah. night and day difference with him. And maybe even if he's not like your your undisputed number one goalie, I think priority one of the top priorities right now has to be this offseason getting a, a better option for when he's not in net because yeah. it feel, it feels like to me right now, this hockey team is surrendering one or two points a night if he's not playing before the game even starts. Last question, then I'll let you go. So you're a fan and you're passionate and you want the Sabres to win and you're unapologetic about it. You're not trying to be Don Cherry. You're not a you're not an NHL analyst. You're a Buffalo Sabres fan who makes videos, whether they're fun music videos or whether you have some legitimate emotional reactions to games, good or bad. But at the end of the day, you want the team to win, of course. How close to you, how close are they in your mind right now to to turning things around? Like can better coaching, you know, with this current roster make this, will they, can they be good with this current roster if they have better coaching? We're seeing signs of it right now, but I don't know if that's going to last. So do you think like the core of this roster for the most part is good enough and maybe they could just add a couple other pieces here and there? Or do you feel like for the Sabres to truly be competitive that they're going to have to blow things up? And uh, when you do something like that, that means trading guys like possibly even Jack Eichel and and Sam Reinhardt, who's played well this year. He'll be a restricted free agent, but that might be a good time to trade him. So do you think that this team should be blown up? Or do you think that this team's good enough to stay the course and get better coaching and just continue to add to it? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I just think, like, this year specifically hasn't, I don't think it's been a good enough reflection on who we are as a team. I think so many things have gone wrong, like obviously with injuries. You know, I don't think you've seen a fully healthy Jack Eichel all season. Um, you know, the COVID thing kind of slowed us down. Um, and then just it seems like things started snowballing and everything kind of went wrong. So I I don't think we're necessarily like in a normal year, a last place team. Like I, I still think we're a bottom team at some point. But like I, I think if you put a healthy Jack Eichel, like last year's Jack Eichel into this roster, you know, you're not you're not going on an 18 game losing streak, you know, get, you know, don't lose your goaltending and you're not going on an 18 game losing streak. So I, I just think I wouldn't blow it up, especially <laughs> as a fan, you know, being in the, in a 10 year playoff drought. I think the guys are young enough. They're good enough. Add to it. And, you know, I, I definitely would not blow it up at this point. You brought up a good point and shame on me for not bringing it up during a conversation earlier. You hit on COVID. I mean, we talked about you, um, going to the, to the game as a fan with COVID protocols, but COVID did wreak havoc on the Sabres this year. That's legitimate because, I mean, this was a team, so they were 10 games into the season. They were 4-4-2 four, four, and two before they got COVID, and then they got shut down for two weeks, and, you know, just all hell broke loose. I, now, I don't know, maybe we'll hear some reports after the season that some of these guys got hit harder than than we know about because it very clearly was not the same team that returned after two weeks um, from COVID. Let's think about Jack Eichel, and then I actually will let you go. So this time I'm not <laughs> lying to you because you brought him up. 
do you think that, like, so right now I'm asking you, do you think this team's got enough core players in place to, to build some more and become a good team? But what do you think Jack Eichel thinks? Like, if you're Jack Eichel right now, do you think he wants to stick around for potentially, what, this will be his fourth head coach now? And Taylor Hall is obviously not going to be here, and he keeps, you know, guys are coming in on and off his lines and just the frustration of losing now. I mean, he's, this is his sixth year in the league. He hasn't even played a meaningful game in March, let alone a playoff game. Do you think that he's on board right now for maybe another year of this? Do you think he's, he should and will give the Sabres another year? Or are you kind of a little bit worried that he might say, you know what, I, six years is enough for me. I've had enough and uh, I want out. Because if he does want out, it, it, it could become a problem this offseason. Like, what do you think? How do you think that's going to play out? What do you think he's thinking right now? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to get like a gauge on like what he's thinking because like, you know, he he doesn't really talk about it that much. Obviously, he's been injured, so you don't really hear much. All you're really hearing is like speculation from, you know, the TSN guys and, you know, rumors come out. Um, I just I, I hope not. Like, I, I just can't say one way or another whether I think he truly wants out. I wouldn't blame him if he did. Um, but like, I, I just think. I, I don't know. I just think that we could have such a good young core, you know, especially we're going to get another top five pick this year. Um, and I just don't think like he still has a ton of years left on his contract. So, you know, it, I think it would be tough to trade him at his cap number um, and get fair value for him. So whether or not he wants out, I just think that's on him. But for the Sabres, like people are talking about, yeah, the Sabres are considering whether or not they want to trade him. It's like, they better not be considering that. <laughs> I mean, if Jack wants out, that's, they got to do what they got to do, but they better not even be thinking about that. Maybe, maybe the the way they've played lately might, it might not make a difference. It's not going to make a difference in the standings, but it might sell hope. If not to, to fans, it, it might sell hope to, to players like Jack Eichel that, you know, the franchise is worth wanting to be here for seeing guys like Dylan Cousins play as well as he's looked his rookie year, which I really hope he gets back soon because I'd like to see him play more. I want to see more of Casey Middlestead over these last, what, 19, 20 games or so and hopefully see more progress. But Darlene and Yoki Harrow and some of these guys, these young guys playing better, that might factor into Jack Eichel wanting to stay. And obviously, it's, it's not entirely up to him. It's up to the organization. My point is, if he wants out, he, he can make it very difficult for uh, the Sabres to not accompany him. So hopefully you right. don't come to that. But anyway, make sure you give Melody a follow on Twitter at Melody and Martin. And check out the YouTube page, man. I'm so jealous of you because of that reason alone. <laughs> Putting out these videos are just they're for, they're great content and, and people are following along. And it's uh, that's really awesome to see. But anyway, thank, thank you. you so much for doing the podcast for a second time, by the way. I'll put a link to your first appearance. We spent a lot of time talking about your YouTube channel on that one. But as always, Melody, I love having you on. So thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Very big thank you one more time, Melody Martin. Make sure you're subscribed to her YouTube channel if you're not already. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Really good stuff. Whether it's Sabres parodies and covers or her game thoughts, reaction to news, really good stuff. Again, thank you very much, Melody Martin. Coming up, actually, on Wednesday, we're going to drop a bonus episode It's going to be our Buffalo Bills Mock Trap version 3. We're doing six of them every Wednesday leading up to the NFL Draft. I got Aaron Quinn back again. And this time we're going to do trades. 
the first two versions didn't have trades. That's not going to be the case. We will do trades on Wednesday show. So make sure you check that out. And then, of course, coming up on Friday, it's casual Friday with my regular Friday guest, my buddy Del Reed, the owner of 26 Shirts, of course, co-founder of Bill's Mafia. That's on Friday. If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go in and do that right now. Subscribe, rate and review, all those little things. They really, truly help me continue to grow the show. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Pat Moran Tweets. I'm constantly on Twitter talking about this podcast, promos, giveaways, including the one going on right now with Macy's Place Pizzeria. And again, that's winding down this week. So get in on that right now at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you so much for listening. I say it all the time. I truly mean it, man. I really, really do. I know how many podcasts there are out there and how valuable people's time is. So when you're locked into this show, no matter how long it's for, a half hour, 40 minutes, 60, whatever, it means a lot to me. It really, truly does. So thank you very much. Have a good week. I will be back. In fact, I'll be back with a new show tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.